Good morning, Hillside. Happy Easter. Uh, today's a good day, and I'm glad that you've tuned in to watch online. Easter has been a long time coming this year, a very long time. Every year, there's a little ambiguity in the church calendar as to whether Easter is the end or the beginning. While Easter Sunday marks the end of 40 days of Lent, a season of fasting and repentance, it also marks the beginning of 50 days of Eastertide, a season of feasting and celebration. This year, it's even more ambiguous because we're in the middle of this truly strange season of isolating and physically distancing from one another. It seems to me that we all gave up a lot more for Lent this year, and not necessarily by choice, but thank God Lent is over. Today is Easter, and Easter is the start of something new. Resurrection changes everything. That's what resurrection is all about. During this strange season, we are being forced to adapt to a new way of living, whether we like it or not. But I want to suggest that we're also being given the opportunity to establish a whole new way of living. We can develop a new set of practices new life-giving habits that we can participate in. We're living in unprecedented times right now. And we have the opportunity, it seems to me, to make it something beautiful and incredible and life-giving, even in the middle of the struggle. We can flip the tables on despair and hopelessness because we are the people of God. And God is doing something new in the world. God is working to make things right. And so we can have hope today and tomorrow because we can trust that God is working things out. Isaiah gave hope to the people of God during a very dark and difficult period in Israel's history. In Isaiah 25, 6 to 9, he says, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all the faces and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him 
so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This passage is foreshadowing what God would do through Jesus. And it is really good news. What we're celebrating today is the perfect enactment of divine love. The greatest expression of life ever gifted to the world. The resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. This is the day that we celebrate the most beautiful and amazing thing that has ever happened to human beings. Today, death is dead. Do you know what that means? It means that whatever is killing you right now, whatever grave clothes have trapped you and wrapped themselves around you like a python, whatever straight jackets you currently find yourself in, whatever circumstance is bringing darkness into your life, you can escape because death is dead. And because death is dead, there is a whole new world of possibilities for all humanity. What I really love about the resurrection story is that we don't just get to be recipients of resurrection. We also get to be participants in resurrection. See, there are two facets to the Jesus resurrection story. Just as there were two facets to the earlier story of resurrection that we looked at a few weeks ago. The story of Jesus raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. There is the divine act of God raising Jesus from the dead. And there is also a human contribution to the resurrection event. So in the Lazarus resurrection story, Jesus says to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. And then when he does, Jesus says to the disciples, you unwrap him. You participate in the miracle of resurrection. You have a part to play. In the Easter resurrection story, the women who thought that what they were doing was coming to dress and bind a corpse instead became the first witnesses and broadcasters of Jesus' tomb-tossing return to life. And incidentally, try celebrating Holy Week and the resurrection without listening to the voices of women I dare you. Jesus' resurrection, his triumph over death, was once and for all. But the way that Jesus' resurrection continues to destroy death for each new generation is when we continue to participate in resurrection life. Wendell Berry, one of my favorite living poets, wrote a poem in the 90s that he entitled Manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. He ends his poem with two words, 
Those two words are practice resurrection. In his own life as a farmer and a philosopher, practicing resurrection is what actually turned Wendell Berry from being a poet into a poem. See, the way that we live and practice resurrection allows our very lives to become a song, a poem. There's beauty in the way that we live when we practice resurrection. Of course, sometimes we'll get it wrong. We often get it wrong. We'll hit sour notes and clashing chords. We'll mess up. It's true that our history as followers of Jesus has not always been rosy. But whatever dissonance hangs in the air, the melody of life can be restored. And new harmonies can always be struck because of the resurrection. Resurrection makes all the difference in the world. From the testimony of some frightened, perplexed, bewildered women in an oddly empty tomb, there has been born a Christ body, a community that has literally changed the world. What those women encountered in an empty tomb was the growing ground of a fertile womb. The tomb is not just empty. In fact, the last thing the tomb is, is empty. No, the tomb is filled with the promise and possibility of new life, of new faith, and of a new chance. The empty womb is a fertile womb. Something incredible is being birthed into the world. In every tomb of destruction, disease, and death, God is desperate to birth new life and a new and vital faith. One that can overtake the powers of the world. And God invites us to participate in God's work. To practice and to live a resurrection life. In the time in which we live, where despair is rampant, where disease and death is at our doorstep, where kindness and gentleness are hard to find, where hope often hides just beneath the surface unseen. In these unlikely times comes crashing a world-shifting momentum that is remaking the world into something brand new. It is the radically good news that the old is being done away with and that God's new creation is at hand. God is making all things new. Notice that the phrase is not, God is making all new things. 
God is making all things new. Resurrection announces that God has not given up on this world because this world matters. This world that we call home. Dirt and blood and sweat and skin and light and water. This world that God is redeeming and restoring and renewing. Greed and violence and abuse and disease, they are not right and they cannot last because they belong to death and death does not belong. Resurrection says that what we do with our lives really matters in this body, the one that we inhabit right now. So every act of compassion matters. Every work of art that celebrates the good and true matters. Every fair and honest act of business and trade, every kind word, they all belong and they will all go on in God's good world. Nothing will be forgotten, nothing will be wasted. It all has its place. Every glimmer of good, every hint of hope, every trace of beauty, every impulse that elevates the soul is a sign, a taste, a glimpse of how things will actually one day be. This is the reality of the resurrection. How could we not have hope? How could we not sing and celebrate and feast at the table?